This true first-person story was recorded in front of a live audience at the Fringe Club in Hong Kong. If you want to learn how to tell your best story, sign up on our Hong Kong Stories Meetup page, follow us on Facebook, or go to hongkongstories.com. Hong Kong Stories. It's better than drama. It's better than comedy. It's real life. Now from the January 2017 show on the theme of Fresh, here's Janita. It was time for a fresh start. Divorced, moving into a new home in a new town and bringing up my two kids on my own. And it was also perfect timing for gearing myself up for a new job too. I'd been a commercial copywriter for about 10 years, but this new writing job was a little bit outside my comfort zone. But then maybe that was just my self-doubt kicking in because well, I had owned several cars and I'd been driving for many years, so maybe I really could be a motoring journalist. <laughs> you know, the kind of thing that you read in magazines, top 10 tips of driving through snow, <laughs> how to reduce your insurance premiums, and of course, the test drive. Pretty easy stuff. In fact, most motoring journalists just log on to the industry website and rewrite the day's press releases. If you're lucky, Porsche is unveiling its new concept model, a press release full of raunchy, testosterone-fueled vocabulary alongside the sexy, glossy shots of man's desire in metal. <laughs> on the not-so-lucky days, a tyre manufacturer is recalling some faulty retreads. <laughs> but a good writer can make any story about rubber sexy, <laughs> if you really want to. <laughs> but the thing you really ought to be aiming for is the test drive. That's when you actually get to sit in a car, turn the actual key, and actually drive. It is pretty cool having a new car brought to your door with a set of keys every other week unless it's a budget box with a paint job to match. But even that is preferable to the latest luxurious 4x4 Land Cruiser, because even though the car is free, the journalist has to pay for the gas. <laughs> and with English gas prices and two small kids to bring up, that's no joke. I once had a tank-like Mitsubishi Shogun turn up at my door, Money was tight that month, so I took it a couple of turns around the block and parked it up for the rest of the week. But I really realized that I'd made it into the fast lane, speeding past the mediocre, when I was invited to a country hotel for a weekend new car launch. The invitation was gold embossed and promised a luxurious weekend of pampering and a gala dinner. My God someone else was going to cook me dinner. <laughs> so I turn up at the hotel, a fresh-faced motoring journalist, with absolutely no idea what to do. Luckily, there was a press officer handing out schedules and keys, so I saunter over to her in the hope that she won't notice the imagined L-plate tattooed on my forehead. She introduces me to my test drive partner. He says, he looks at me and I look at him, but there's no recognition. She hands the keys to him and I think, 
sexist. <laughs> I look at what's his name. She's told me his name, but I was so nervous I didn't even catch it. So what's his name looks at me, but it turns out he's actually an ex-presenter of the BBC's Top Gear. But I think that must be before the programme got popular because despite me staring at all of his features, and believe me, some of the features were rather good, <laughs> I didn't recognise him at all. He holds up the keys. Why don't you start? So I jump into the new family saloon, just in time to remember not to appear too eager because I do want to still look cool. It's just a car, right? but it's a car that still grunts and groans as I try to find reverse. But I don't think he notices. And then I edge backwards gently, super gently. But there's no disguising the sound of a crunching fender. I look back, but, but there's nothing there. And luckily there's no one else around to see either, just Mr. Top Gear, who raises an eyebrow and smiles. Jesus, I haven't even got out of the car park and I've written the car off. And it's not just the car, it's my whole career that's in backwards motion, careering off a cliff. We jump out to assess the damage. And there we see a stone mushroom-shaped sculpture wedged between the wheel arch and the fender. Apparently, they're put there to stop you driving on the grass, which I think is a good idea if it was more than two feet tall and not positioned in your blind spot. The rest of the journey was pretty dull by comparison. He we swap positions and he takes the car around a few bends, testing out the acceleration, pretty bog standard stuff. But I don't want to be a bog standard motoring journalist, so I ask him to pull over and I jump in the back. You see, motoring journalists don't really consider what it's like to be the passenger in the back. And if you've got kids that are car sick, that's really important. I say intelligently. He raises an eyebrow <laughs> and smiles. Back at the hotel, we park the car up behind a tree, um, hiding the fender in an overgrown bush. And I go back to my room and I scribble a few notes about the restricted view from the rear seats and prepare for the gala dinner. In the dining room, there's about 30 oversized men in dark suits, swapping stories of supermodels and supercars whilst getting drunk on the free booze. I'm placed next to my test drive partner who cuts quite a dash in his dark velvet jacket. It was quite a few years ago. And we get on and we chat and we discuss life and relationships and he tells me about his wife and his teenage son and I tell him a little bit about my breakup and how I'm left to bring up the kids on my own because their dad ran off with another woman. And he listens intently and he's kind and empathetic. And he says, I don't understand how a man can do that kind of thing. By which time, the room has grown heavy with sweat and testosterone. So we take our conversation outside, in the gardens, in the fresh air, and we make our way around the back towards the car park. And then suddenly he takes my hands and says, come on, I've got something to show you. 
I really don't know where he's steering this conversation. What do you think of this? It's his car. <laughs> a dark blue Porsche 911. It's not a new one. But I can tell by the glee in his eyes, it has to be a classic. <laughs> now, I'm not really sure what I'm expected to say. And then, in a swift maneuver, he holds my hands tighter and pulls me into his chest and tries to make a pass. I take evasive action and step back. He leans in close and says, we can, you know. He wants to take me on a test drive. <laughs> down a dead end road where a collision is inevitable. I raise an eyebrow <laughs> and smile. Well, I can, but you can't because you're married. What an arse. He sits all night listening to me tell a story of how I've been betrayed and left to pick up the pieces and then he attempts to do the exact same thing. I'd already married a lemon, and I was damned if I was going to part exchange him for another. <laughs> Maybe this wasn't such a fresh start after all. Thank you. Thanks for listening to this story brought to you by Hong Kong Stories. If you want to know more, visit us on hongkongstories.com. Everyone has a story to tell.